Cormier is already working on solidifying winning a second title fight so he can keep the belt. That's a little known fact. You have to win two if you want to keep a copy of the belt. Which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage. With me, probably to gloat about his DC prediction, Rafa Sparza. Raf, how are you doing this evening? Uh, okay, well, here's the thing. I didn't necessarily say DC was going to win. I just wanted to make sure that both you and uh, Joe, Joe Gilpin from last week, who was playing over under Kevin, who's on the line. Joe, say hello. Hey, what's going on? Uh, you, you two are just seamlessly already. Just directions I, and no problem whatsoever. No, I hear it. I hear you guys. I'm listening. That's fine, Kevin. I, what Kevin is alluding to, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, is that uh, the other participant in Over Under, Kevin, a.k.a. Joe here, is a better co-host than he is. Uh, that is what he is fuming about. And let's be real. Ooh, it's not looking good for Kev. But um, the hey, thing about it hey, is... I, I'm, to be fair, I'm better at a lot of things, not just co-hosting. That is fair. Is, that is fair. You are Welcome. better looking Welcome and the also smarter and... Uh, more articulate, and I think you read at a higher grade level than Kevin, but th- that's not the point. The point is... The only one that is... upset me there was that you called him better looking. Everything else, f- fair game. But the better looking thing hurt, Raph, and I think you know that. Well, I know. But, you know, I, I gotta be real. Uh, what I'm saying is, both of you guys were discounting DC in this fight to the point where I had to step in and say, guys, Daniel Cormier is gonna be able to withstand some punches. I also said that his best articulated offense in this was to get Anthony Johnson up against the cage. And lo and behold, that <laughs> so, strategy was pretty good. Let me ask Joe a question, because Joe and I both took Anthony Rumble Johnson. Joe, did you think Anthony Johnson had been preparing cardiovascular-wise for the fight, or did you know that he had been on vacation in some uh, Golden Corral buffet resort? Were you aware? What was your read of that? Uh, Anthony started huffing and puffing on the way to the cage. That's when I started uh, started having a sinking suspicion that tonight might not be the night. I got uh, nervous then too. You know, when he stopped, took a water break. They had to give him some oxygen after the first, you know, six hundred feet he traveled. But yeah. you know, can we also say that when your corner? has to say to you, hey, buddy, come on. There's only three more rounds. Come on, buddy. They're exact. Dude, there are three more. He had more tone. He had more, like, ex-girlfriend tone. Like, we have two more weddings to get to. Like, that's how their corner sounded. Just like, Anthony, I know you are done, but this fight is not over. It literally just started. We're one round in. There's so much fight left. I could not believe how fast he gassed. My question to both Raph, you and Joe, what the fuck is going on with his cardio? I think seriously what happened is basically the first punch he threw, Daniel Cormier fell down like he flipped on a banana peel, and I think he just let the moment get to him. I think he let the, I think he was already counting his money. I think he already had you know, his, his belt polish all picked out, and he freaked out, swarmed him in for the finish, and... From there, he completely blew his wad. That's the official fight analysis. Raph, most shocking, lightweight. Like, that was disappointing. I'm willing to, I mean, at least Joe's trying to come up with a rationale. Because I'm just ready to be like, oh, fuck yourself. Like, that was pathetic. 
from Anthony Johnson? I thought so, yeah. He couldn't make it two rounds. He literally could not fight two rounds in the UFC light heavyweight division. The, the, and he's sounds... the guy who's been preparing for this fight. He's the guy who knew exactly what day he was fighting for months. He thought he was fighting John Jones. Gail Cormier was supposed to be the guy that's coming in short notice, a little heavier. And Rumble Johnson literally looks like he wanted to give up after. Seven minutes. Here's the the thing for both of you, and you still are a little defiant on this. Both of you guys are still defiant on Daniel Cormier's wrestling ability because that's what wore him down so bad. Cormier was able to make him carry his weight. So it's not like Anthony Johnson was known for his cardio forever. That's fine. But if you have somebody who's so much more advanced than you at one particular thing, it showed. And, you know, Johnson's best moments, and this is where maybe Kevin and I differ, Johnson's best moments are when he was able to keep it standing because there were some ugly kicks. There were some Can we stop really saying best moments? Like, he had three good moments. Tops. Like, and they all were in the first minute of the first round. Kevin, I'm going to have to air some laundry on the podcast that I feel will maybe even things out. Is this about my drinking habits? What are you talking no, about? No, although we, we're going to have a talk about that later on with um, some loved ones. Uh, <laughs> tell <laughs> me the story <laughs> of when you rolled at Systems Training Center. Uh, and were the ability to vomit part of that routine? Yeah, okay, what he's referring to, Joe, and listeners who aren't caught up, we went rolling. This was our second night while I was in L.A. while we were training. I had been out there since uh, Monday. This was Thursday night. We went and trained at Systems Training Center where they have a whole, I mean, basically like a garage of MMA fighters. Like that's mm-hmm. They just produce Swedish and American MMA fighters on a pretty consistent level. We rolled for six straight rounds after a pretty good warm-up where you were on your head most of the time because that's the only way they warm up in L.A. I don't know if you know that, Gio, but start your cartwheels and, like, walking on your hands for any time you go to L.A. It's the only way they warm up. Good uh, yeah, Right? Number two, yeah, I did vomit after uh, six pretty serious well, rounds. How long did you have to prepare for that, though, Kevin? For the systems training center? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Four did, days. How long did you know that service? you were going to be going to train there for months, I thought, right? Oh, about a month. Let's not pretend months. Well, it's a couple months. Yeah, you knew yeah. you were coming, and then you Absolutely. knew you were going to come to train at systems training center. So, Well, first of all, I made it uh, more rounds than Anthony Rumble Johnson, if that's yeah, what we're talking say, about. To be fair, uh, how many UFC world championships were you fighting for at the time, Kevin? And how much Just, money were you uh, standing to make? Oh, it actually cost us about twenty dollars to get out there via the rental car. But Hawthorne, well, you know, I'm gonna put Can I go pick that up on paper here anywhere? Uh, no, sadly, it wasn't available. The uh, I'm gonna go ahead the and sparring like session. Kevin obviously needed some help from Joe, so I'm gonna redirect my target <laughs> and focus back to Joe now. Joseph, here's the thing. Uh, Joseph Grant is what I think your middle name is right now. I feel like you're. You're projecting a little bit too much for Kevin. I mean, DC in his post presser was saying that part of his strategy was to make Anthony Johnson carry his weight. Afterwards, he said that Johnson hit him with such power that he felt his face was breaking 
from there. So obviously he was playing his game. Anthony's best chance was to make it a stand-up match. And I think that's what was going to be so creative about John Jones. Now, John Jones is so much more elusive with the way he strikes. I was just going to ask you that. It's a before... little bit different. But if this DC had played this game against John Jones, we may have had an and new months oh, ago. Oh, shut up. Shut up. Yeah, he almost yeah, got a, that's knocked big, out. Uh, that's a big leap to make. Uh, Thank you. It is, but I'm just Joe. saying is that no, I'm ahead. not saying he would have won. I'm saying that <laughs> he had the ability to – he imposed what it was, his game plan, and what he's good at. And he didn't do that as much. Even he admitted he got caught up in John Jones's game in standing up and trying to do that. And when you have somebody with a better reach and who's more elusive than you, it doesn't matter how many power shots you're hitting him with. His bread and butter is wrestling and grinding, and that doesn't always make the most exciting fights. But – it's super effective for him, and that's what wore down Anthony Johnson. Now, granted, you guys want to make fun of him and say, yes, he didn't have a great gas tank. But let me tell you something. Were you not scared after that first shot that he popped DC with? Uh, I was saying it was over. I thought the fight was compl- it was done. I th- was thinking, man, Anthony Johnson is the baddest dude on the planet. I really want to see him versus John Jones. This adds so much color to the 205-pound division. And I just feel like a lot of that color is gone now. I feel like the division is a little bit more boring because I feel like the packing order is still so clearly defined. Completely agree. Sure. If that's what Daniel Cormier was able to do to Anthony Rumble Johnson, I feel like, and this is the question I'm going to pose to you after, all I felt like after was like, Anthony, you were about to fight John Jones, you piece of shit. You couldn't go 10 minutes with someone that John Jones made look very amateur at the 205 division. I'm saying Daniel Cormier didn't look any better than Rashad. He didn't look better than anyone against John Jones. He looked like everybody else. Well, Cormier made Anthony Rumble Johnson look like a second-rate amateur. So, frankly, it's hard for me to see Anthony Rumble Johnson having done a thing against John Bones Jones because, frankly, all the same qualities exist. He would have been harder to hit. He would have been just as effective at the takedowns, we know, because he dominated every aspect of the wrestling game against Daniel Cormier. So why would I give a shit about the next fight is my question to you guys. I guess, do you think John Jones would have lost Anthony Johnson four out of ten fights at all? No. Not at uh, all. It's I, act- I don't think so. I think you, looking at that fight, you have to pick John Jones as the uh, probable champ. It really is just because, and you keep saying that I'm discounting uh, uh, Cormier a little bit. I probably am, but Johnson just looked so bad. After 10 minutes of fighting, he was walking back to his corner, and I thought he wasn't going to come back out. I thought he was that tired. I mean, and he that's tapped. In a title fight. He tapped off bullshit, Raph. Like, that was why, or before we got on the phone with you, Joe, I was like, I wish, Raph, I think you might have had a better chance because I know you can heel hook. And Johnson doesn't seem to know how to do that. Um, Kevin, when you speak from this luxurious ability of nothingness, it's hard to really put it in any (laughs) Not getting hit in the face. Because I'll say this. The other thing is I commended him for getting back out there because, man, that look on his face when he was just wiped out and he's going to his corner and he could barely find his corner, I thought, shit. (laughs) I'll say this about John Jones and him. I didn't think that he was going to be better than John Jones in any respect. I just thought he had the power to make things interesting. 
And I still think that's what happened here. He had that power, and we got a glimpse of it. And, Joe, you alluded to it. And I don't think he celebrated too early. I just think he didn't capitalize on it as much as he needed to 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 make that moment really matter. He kind of let DC get in the game, and DC's natural instinct is to go back to the cage. So it's an interesting thing. So Kevin's alluding to this, and we can go ahead and transition here unless anybody has anything else to say about uh, how terrible Daniel Cormier is compared to – Nothing. Daniel Cormier is phenomenal. He's a phenomenal fighter. Number one, 205 pounder on the planet right now, as far as the UFC is concerned. Here's why I shit on Daniel Cormier sometimes. Uh, It's because of the 2008 Olympics. He was uh, an Olympic team member. He was a 2007 world bronze medalist, so he had a really good shot at making the podium for the uh, for Team USA. And he missed weight. He uh, a couple of days before, as he was getting ready to cut to a 211 pound weight class, he. uh, his kidneys shut down. He had to be rushed to the hospital. He had to be pulled out of the games because his weight cut was so fucked up. And it's not like he was too big for the weight class. It turns out he was just eating like way too much KFC and McDonald's. So that's why I always have like a little chip on my shoulder when I talk about Cormier. How do you miss weight at the Olympics, bro? Well, that was oh. way more legit than my beef with him. That one goes way back. I mean, <laughs> I like you have to also understand, audience. It's a patriotic uh... beef. <laughs> Is it? Uh, sure, if you want to call it that. I will give you this much. Uh, it is the forbidden must not do. It's like the one thing wrestlers really get mad at each other for is missing weight. Um, having said that, I don't know what Daniel Cormier's natural weight is ever. I feel like it's always a race to 205 no matter where he's at. So I can't believe he, sure. used, to, he used to fight it heavy. Like, that part destroys me. Watching him against, like, light heavies, it's like, you almost got fucking physicality. Like, Anthony's just not in yeah. shape, it turns out. Uh, let me ask you guys this. What did you think of Daniel Cormier's little uh, sign-off to the Joe Rogues, UFC, John Jones, get your shit together? Do you Joe, you go first. Uh, yeah. I'm going to attack this from, I don't two minds about this. I don't get mad at anybody for trying to sell their next pay-per-view fight. I don't get mad at that, and that's what he was trying to do. But I think he went about it the entirely wrong way. John Jones is so clearly supposed to be the heel in this. And all you have to do with Daniel Cormier is be the baby face. And the number one rule of baby faces is don't look into the camera and start swearing. He's a good guy. You know, kiss a baby, shake some hands. He's a good guy, and that's how you're going to sell the fight easier. Okay, bring a well, little Joe, into it. Yeah. And you always can, but Joe, here's the thing, you brought it up, <laughs> so now I feel like you need to tell us what he should have said as a true babyface, and uh, Kevin and I will grade you on this, so we're going to go ahead and give you the opportunity right now to say what Daniel Cormier should have said. I'm here with the champion, Daniel Cormier, fresh off the victory, how do you feel? Thank you, Joe Rogan. This message goes out to all my fans here on Memorial Day weekend. We're going to do this upright. We're going to bring in John Jones. We're going to have the best fight. And it's for each and every single one of you Patriots there who's doing it big. I love you guys. Let's do this and bring this down home. And you're going to sell a shitload of pay-per-views because now he's like a fan favorite. He needs to buy ice cream for everybody. Everybody's going to be rooting for him. Everybody's going to want John Jones to lose because he's a co-cat who hits pregnant women. That is the Vince McMahon take, and that's how you sell pay-per-views. That's not bad. Kevin, how do you grade that on a, a you know scale of A to F? Uh, I'm going to give it a solid 
B minus only because I feel like there was a real clear opportunity to support the troops in Jesus. And those two of the three were skipped. Um, If you had supported the troops in Jesus, A plus. I actually have to go the route of C plus because I agree with you on the troops. You, why would you bring up Memorial Day and not say we've got some great troops yeah. and then point to some because there's always some of the UFC fight. Probably. I think they have a reserve section. And, uh, you know, um, Joe, I got to tell you this. As a, a true pro wrestling fan, there were no mentions of vitamins, prayers. I feel all. pretty ashamed right now. I'm not going to lie. But, uh, <laughs> Well, luckily, there's always next week. So, Johnson and Cormier, fine fight. Johnson didn't have the cardio, I thought, that deserved the respect of the title fight. You went from saying it's shitty to he's terrible. It was an exciting fight. It was an exciting fight. fight. I just can't forgive Anthony Rumble Johnson for not being able to make it 15 minutes. He was unprofessional. It it felt unprofessional to me. You weren't prepared to wrestle? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'll tell you this. Well, you guys find it unprofessional in that realm. My biggest concern was who was giving this man instruction on jiu-jitsu or wrestling? More Fair important, point. wrestling. Were, was anyone? Because I don't think so because naturally, obviously, it's great to have an endurance cardio coach. That Those things happen in the cage. It's an adrenaline dump. That it can always happen, and that's fine. And he's been there, so I, I thought It can happen in any it. competition. That's why it's so confusing. But the big one was, why was somebody not working on the basics? Because that was where DC was making him look like an amateur, was just picking him up at will, finding the right entries, blocking him properly. I mean, it, it was... Yeah. It was really great to watch in terms of a wrestling exhibition. So kudos. Yeah. Especially to as a that. jiu-jitsu person, it's nice to know that people aren't studying it. So we're going to be good to go if we run into that. Yeah. <laughs> However, the one thing that was interesting to see uh, in the post-presser is um, not only did Daniel Cormier tell Karen Bryant that uh, they will address him as uh, the champ on the set of UFC tonight. She'll love that. Or champ Cormier. <laughs> Uh, I will say, this is how you know Karen Bryan is, is cool as anything. She's had a child, Daniel, but trust me, she wants to call you champ. I'm just saying. She uh, was. Did he really direct- do that? What's that? Did, did he really, like, no, you're going to refer to me as the champion? Did he really he's say joking. that? He's joking. Yep. He's mostly joking. Like, he's a pretty I'll send you guy. the link. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, That's um, the other thing that Karen did that was so great is Karen was uh, looking directly into the camera and just goes, you know, guys. I got to say, I work with Daniel Cormier every day, and it's just amazing to see him accomplish his dream. But, man, he's going to be the worst on set. <laughs> he's just <laughs> going to be the worst. And uh, I laughed profusely. But that wasn't all that happened because they, for whatever reason, allowed Ryan Bader to just walk up when Daniel Cormier was calling him out. So did you see any of this, Joe? Uh, I saw that Ryan Bader uh, ran up and started trash-talking. I have to assume he was in full Ultimate Warrior makeup when he did that. Uh, Cormier and Bader uh, is going to be a nice placeholder fight, but we all know that we're just waiting for John Jones to get back and reestablish himself. Agreed. It's not even – I only disagree that it's a nice placeholder fight. 
I think it's a shitty placeholder fight. But I, Raph, do you like that strategy? Calling out a lesser opponent? Like, to go uh, from well, Anthony Rebel Johnson, it's like Gustafsson sitting on a couch somewhere pissed off, I bet. No, Gustafsson, I, I mean, his mind isn't Wasn't right in the game right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like Gustafsson's like, I was doing cocaine off a Swedish hooker. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't watch the fight. What happened? I think Gustafsson's in that place of, he just watched the guy who brutally mutilated him get dismantled for easy pickings from Daniel Cormier. So I'm pretty sure he's going through a, yeah, it'd be great. Gustafsson's uh, better than Anthony Johnson. Uh, we have to go to Weidman Belfort. We have to go to Weidman Vitor. We're at the 20-minute mark. Sure. We're way behind. Chris Weidman beats the ever-living shit out of Vitor Belfort. Does Total anyone want to disagree? Loved every second of it. Loved Me every too. second of it. Me too. Uh, Raph, any big takeaway from this other than Vitor Belfort? Okay. I, well, this is. I'm going to start with Raph, then I'm curious Joe's perspective. Do you think this was about Chris Weidman or about Vitor Belfort not being all that exciting a fighter anymore? I'm curious. I think it's I think it's a little bit of both. I mentioned it uh, the other week uh, on the podcast when I did previously. I have it from a very good source that Vitor Belfort just doesn't have knees anymore. He doesn't have any uh, ligaments in his knees that are worth anything. He can't sprawl. He can't shrimp. And so as soon as he got him to the ground, it was really just a matter of time. But Chris Weidman really is that good. I well, have that was him. fantastic analysis uh, that was designed for me to answer, but Thank you. Uh, <laughs> oh, was it? No. Oh, yeah. I'm taking over. It's, yeah. Well, it's like, I don't know you who I'm replacing. Over Kevin's lines, but you <laughs> so... don't step over my lines. God dare you. damn it. No, uh, Joe, if I could tell you this, uh, did you hear a little bit about how uh, Vitor's testosterone was magically higher than Chris Weidman's? Even still? Even off the TRT? Oh, uh well, <laughs> even theoretically off the TRT. <laughs> yeah, there, there you we go. go. Because <laughs> that's when Weidman got really angry, and he ended up getting really, really confrontational with Vitor at the weigh-ins, and they asked him about it, and they're like, "Were you able to put everything past you after the fight?" And he said, "Yes." He goes, "But what happened was my TRT levels were kind of down because you know you kill yourself during the fight training camp." But for some strange reason, this much older fighter who's been fighting forever doing the same training camp had TRT level or testosterone levels that were like three times mine. So, yeah, pretty pissed. That was, that was a pretty great uh, post-fight uh, interview moment. They asked him, uh, are you over it? Like, is the beef spilled? And his answer was pretty much like, I guess because you're asking me and I'm a nice guy, I'll say yes, but I still don't like him. Yeah. You can also tell that they had a bunch of Brazilian reporters there because they were trying to egg it on and they're like, hey, Chris Weidman, um, man, you beat all the Brazilians. Can you come beat up our Brazilian politicians? And he's like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. And they go, okay, uh, what do you think about Vitor versus Anderson Silva? Uh, I don't care. Yeah, it's like, I wouldn't even watch the fight, but sure, that sounds like something that probably will happen. Are there any other Brazilian fighters that you do like? Uh, Chuck Liddell's good. Jacques-Array? And he just goes, oh, yeah, Jacques. Uh, yeah, yeah, him, you know, other people too. So, poor Weidman afterwards. But 
Kev. Jacare seems it. next to me. Jacare seems like he's on deck. Luke Rockhold may have a problem with you saying. No, no they're going to give it to Rockhold. Yeah, but Rockhold sucks. So after that fight, then it'll be Rockhold beat Jacare. Yeah. Rockhold beat Jacare. Recently, or was that that was a while ago, wasn't it? That was a while ago, but still. Oh, okay. No, Jacare. One more win than Jacare has over Rockhold. That's true. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a crazy prediction. I think mm-hmm. if and when Jacare and Weidman face off, and I think they will face off for the belt one day, I think Weidman pounds him out on the ground. And I love Jacare's jujitsu. I just don't think he's gonna have enough to stop a relentless top game from Chris Weidman. You are very wrong in that regard. I said it's an outrageous pick, but I'm sticking with it. Okay. Well, already a more interesting fight than this was. Which, by the way. Anyone that's been, like, into UFC and isn't already a Vitor Belfort fan saw this coming a mile the fuck away. He debuted at UFC 12. Yeah, go Vitor. Like, unbelievable. It's just like, dude, Chris Weidman's kind of old, and you're eight years older. Like, at 30, Chris Weidman is at, like, his peak. And you are eight years older than that. It's like, god damn. Okay, um, let me ask this, because this was interesting. Um, senior UFC, like a senior PGA, I think it's time, don't you? No, Kevin, no. Okay, I'm just no. throwing ideas Not out. That. It's a terrible suggestion. Would it have the same rules, or would they have to like peel back like elbows on the ground and stuff like that? Or is it full kill-each-other rules? I mean, I if think they it would be use elbows if you still have them. And <laughs> or knees if you can, if they move. Be, uh, Five-minute <laughs> breaks in between rounds. Uh, Everybody just drinks iced tea for you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so okay, uh, Belfort comes out and he is interestingly doing the thing I had predicted him to do, which was to come out in a flurry and just try and make a statement very quickly. He How catches him and cuts him up a little bit, and yeah. suddenly it looks like we've got a fight here until Belfort can't rein it in. And in the post presser, Chris Weidman was saying he felt you mean like until he got taken down, and then that was the fight. Like literally, yes. he got taken down. It was like, job. oh well, fight's over. So good. That was fun. Chris Weidman was saying the real reason why he he got popped and he was a little surprised, but then he realized, much like an evil villain in a or an evil boss in a video game, he was wasting all of his power and his power energy bar. This is exactly how he was describing it. His power energy bar was going down, and he thought he should just let him work himself down and that's why that takedown was not only effortless but just oh this isn't good no (laughs) No, that's bad i don't need to see this anymore let's call this right um completely agree guy who was describing his opponent like a video game and started asking him about brazilian politics like he would have any idea i'll say this i don't think that chris weidman is very articulate i think he is a good champion And uh, any more example of that will come from the after fight interview where I was like, you know what, dude, good job. That was a really good performance. You you did put some uh, haters down. But then it turned into, you guys better get on board with me because you guys won't like me. Just like (laughs) me. This is the last chance, guys. And I go, god damn it. Let your fights be the thing. Heal school 101. You get up and you say, fuck the haters. If you're a fan, you're a fan. Otherwise, go blow yourself. Like, just do something. Yeah, I agree. He sucks, kind of, at the press stuff. He does. He's boring. It was terrible. 
He'll work on it. Well, let me talk about someone who's not boring. Donald Cerrone. In fact, uh, he proved how not boring he was when he offered Chris Weidman a beer. Chris Weidman's like, sorry, I'm from New Jersey. I'm the only one from New Jersey that doesn't drink. Donald Cerrone wins via KO TKO. I don't know many people that had him that had John McDessie winning. We do know Donald Cerrone was a little injured going into the fight. More my curiosity, because, you know, it's not all that uncommon that Donald Cerrone comes in and knocks someone out on a UFC card. In fact, it feels like it's hard to call a UFC card if he doesn't. Does he finally get the title shot? Donald Cerrone gets the title shot. Joe. I think you have to give it to him. I think it's hurt a little bit that uh, Dos Anjos did beat Cerrone not that long ago. I think like two years ago he picked up a unanimous decision. That but, was 27 uh, fights ago for Donald Cerrone. It was that was 27. It, yeah, so that puts it, oh, man, it just a year certainly ago. Certainly a few. No, <laughs> it's like, that was almost four months. It's like, uh, yeah. it's crazy. The well, they tried thing to book him again. They tried to get Cerrone another fight for after the main event, but they just couldn't pick up anybody in time. I, I think the one interesting thing is so um, I did a nice uh, preview for um, first slice. A website that I write write for yes first slice and uh, you can say it right the website you write I for can so. Kevin but <laughs> I don't understand why you felt the need to be like Raph's not going to say it so I'm just going to go ahead and say it I just wanted to chime in not make it I'm just trying to add like a humble factor to it first slice you know. So uh, I did a preview with our good friend Bubba McDaniel, first guest, one of the uh, you know family members on the show. And uh, this was his quote about McDessie. McDessie has no fucking chance. I like McDessie, but I found out he and I have the same birthday when they listed all the fighters who were born on the same day. So happy birthday to him, but your birthday present is going to be a head kick, Bubba McDaniel. <laughs> yes, that exactly happened. Yeah, I was like, yeah, let's go Bubba for the so, rather yeah. timely call. Speaking of timely, so turns out you can't ask for a time out or a timesies in the middle of a fight. Who knew? Which is good to know. That's great to know, isn't it? Like, were, Did you guys think that you could before this? Uh, I wasn't sure, but now I'm pretty sure you can. Yeah, I thought time timeouts were in. So thank God we know that that is not the case. That's if big. he was a New England Patriot, they would have found a rule to let him take a timeout. <laughs> or he'd be suspended for four fights, one of the two. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think you a podcast without a deflate gate joke. Well done, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. You can't get that on any other sports. Yeah, well, you know, he's also in there. the Baltimore area. He has no choice but to hate the Patriots, uh, you know, and technology, presumably. The interesting thing about watching Donald Cerrone uh, kick somebody so gloriously is just, you know, we make fun of uh, John Medeski. Obviously, he took the fight on short notice and props to him for wanting to fight. You know, Donald Cerrone, who's no stranger to putting on ridiculous uh, exhibitions. But I will say, and we did a meme of this, uh, we put a meme out that said, uh, John McDessie has a killer Zach Morris impression. So you guys should go find that on the Instagram. Joe, is there anybody that you want to see? So you want the title shot for Cerrone, right? Yeah, I think uh, I think he's earned it. I think he's up to like 30 fights in the UFC or something like that, a ridiculous number. Uh, and I really want to see Donald Cerrone become champion because I'm really curious if they'll let a UFC champion fight three times a month. 
and fight on like all these weird underground cards that they air like 2 a.m. from Australia and stuff. He's going to be the fighting from Singapore. Did... He's going to be fighting from yeah. <laughs> Thailand. Yeah. He'll fight every three weeks. He'll fight every three weeks. Defend that belt. I'm sure the Ryan Bader is... will be lined up. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> it's right. The thing that they've been alluding to is uh, they've been alluding to the fact that and Cerrone's been very straightforward with this. He said that he is seeing kind of the end of the tunnel in terms of his fighting career. He routinely tells Greg Jackson, his coach, that he is ready to almost call it. You know, he's ready to almost be done. And they kind of look at every fight that it could be the last fight. So for me, I'd love to see a great championship run from them. If th- if we're getting toward the end of that, I say you don't waste fights with Donald Cerrone anymore. Obviously, he's willing to fight at any time, even when he's injured. Uh, but I, I think a title fight is, is there. And if we get the honor of seeing Donald Cerrone be champion, I want to know what that world looks like. Here's my proposal. And let me know what you two think of this. Let him get healthy. Let him get healed up. Have Dosa is Dosanos healthy. If Dosanos and Pettis are healthy, let them fight it out again. If they're not healthy, scrap whoever's next. Let Cerrone fight. No one has done what he's done in the UFC just in the past few years. No one's done this. No one's fought as hard or as frequently as he has. Give the goddamn fighter a title shot. Come on. It's making me pissed off a little bit. I agree with almost everything except the rematch thing for Pettis. I think Pettis got so outclassed in the fight. Not saying that if they were to have a rematch that that would uh, necessarily happen again. But he got beat so thoroughly in that fight that I don't think you can give Pettis an immediate rematch. I, that's fine. Best case scenario for me, Donald Cerrone wins the title and Pettis challenges him. Because how badly do you want to see that fight? I want to see it. I want to see it again. I think they already fought once. I'm sure I'm sure Raph's namesake would be pissed off at that little statement. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it sounded earlier like uh, Raphael was picking against Raphael. Is that what we were having? No. He you can go check uh, my picks over at firstlice.com uh, because I had my own picks to go up there. See, guys, I'm not just a moderator. I also back up my own trash talk as well. And why would I ever go against the science that is my name? Because you're bringing this up, and Uriah Hall and Raphael Natal had a very close battle. But even when they were about to reveal a split decision winner, there was not a hesitation in my brain where I said, uh-oh, I wonder if he won. And I just go, well, Raphael's going to win. And Uriah Hall was furious. Beyond I hope Adam Sellis still gets his residual check. That clip played again. Yes. I think they'll be played until the end of the time. I love that this fight's getting brought up. Raphael Natel, big win over Uriah Hall. Like, this to me is a little bit big. Uriah Hall had a little bit of momentum coming into this one. He was like one or two good wins away from being on a main card. Probably not now. No. I. The hardest part about Uriah is that he didn't really put a game into to play. And Natal's strikes comparatively looked really, really sloppy and really, really just barely making the distance. And if Uriah had pushed a little bit more and not allowed him to to dictate it, he would have won easily, I, I feel. But uh you, you can't go against the namesake. So And Joe, Andre Orlovsky knocks out Travis Brown in one of the most fun twenty one seconds <laughs> left to fight like one of the most fun first rounds 
from start to oh, finish. Oh, burner. Like, they just went out and was like, one of us is dying. So let's just decide <laughs> who that is. The old-fashioned way with this. What was what were you surprised by in that fight? Uh, I was surprised by uh, a couple of things. I was really surprised by, first of all, Travis Brown's ability to take punishment. Because mm. Andre Arlovsky, uh he, he has lost a slight step with age, I thought at least. He still hits like a truck, and Travis Brown took about 3,000 right hands directly to the chin before <laughs> one finally put him down. I mean, almost uh, countered and knocked out Orlovsky, like despite was, that barrage. Yeah, I was impressed by Orlovsky's ability to get back up. He has shown in the past when you hurt him, it's over. I'm not sure I've ever seen Orlovsky get hurt and come back to win a fight. And I'm really impressed by his comeback. I don't know where he's pulling out this fountain of youth stuff. I'm hoping the drug test comes back clean. But he's looking incredible. <laughs> yeah. And the two of them I mean, ripped for their for their yeah. respective weight divisions. Like, they looked fantastic. It's really rare to see a fight where both guys just kind of agree that they're going to roast shambo each other until somebody <laughs> falls down. Raph, how long do you think I would have made it as a third bystander in that fight? Like if I had just been walking around starting shit. I don't even understand how you put yourself into that equation. I think the first problem would be who's your manager and who let you do this? And if the answer is me, then it's payback for all of the stupidity that you have ever brought onto this show. Well, I would have so. I think I would have been dead twenty one seconds in is when I felt like I would have been dead. Like just the I way they the, were swinging, it was like, I don't want to be near that. The one thing that was really interesting is that it reminded me that Travis Brown, one of his best attributes is the fact that he could absorb the worst kinds of punishment. And it made me remind myself and go, oh, you know what? That's not a great strategy forever. Yeah. Yeah, you can't do that forever and ever. Somebody's going to – oh, he's knocked out. Okay, well – it was a fun ride, and uh, man, I think people were calling it fight of the year, but it, I don't know if it was fight of the year, but it definitely was one of the most it's exciting like displays I think we've seen in a while from that. that those kind I'll of call fighters. it most exciting fight of the year to date so far easily. Sure, <laughs> to date the second at the moment I can recall and download in my brain. Yes, I was like, I it is know. the winner of that distinguished award, but I don't know. I mean, I, I felt like it was a great fight. Um, comparatively, if you guys want to go even further, uh, we can go now, I guess, to Joseph Benavides and John Moraga. And um, here's the interesting thing about this: the fight. only decision on the main card. Uh, yeah, that's true. Like Kevin, are you able to read anymore? Uh, Cormier submitted Johnson. Weidman KO'd Belfour. Cerrone TKO'd McDessie, and Arlovsky TKO'd. Brown. Okay. Okay. Benavitez Morgan. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So where where did you stand on Benavitez and Moraga, Joe? Uh, actually, a pretty good fight. Uh, all the times where uh, John Moraga was able to do the stuff that he wanted to do, it was a really exciting fight. And then Joseph Benavitez would kind of take over for the last like two or three minutes of the round and just kind of bleed it out with top control and pressure. Uh. Overall, a pretty good fight. I think in the post-fight uh, interview, Benavidez said there was meat flying all over the octagon, and I really, <laughs> really uh, 
That, that's a pretty good description of the fight. Okay. Meat flying. <laughs> uh, I love there it. Meat flying all over the octagon. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, how do you argue with that? Doesn't matter how many times you say it. There's just it's meat. You can't get it's over it. Everywhere. Uh, I guess we could also uh, say, guys, I think it is time to reveal who won last week's edition of Over Under Kevin. Before we no do, uh, I'm going to ask you, Joe, how do you think you did? I think I did pretty well. I know I got a couple of them wrong. I clearly got the main event wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. Anthony fucking Johnson fucking me up there. Uh, but I think I did all right. I think I did over 50%, and I think I won. Okay. Uh, well, here's the good news. You may have guessed incorrectly with Anthony fucking Johnson, but so did Kevin in choosing Anthony fucking Johnson as well. Uh, true. Yeah, I heard Anthony Johnson tried to run a 5K today and actually just, like, stopped 20 seconds in. It was like, no, I'm good. This is what I heard. He was rushed to the hospital. He's going to be given a medical suspension off that 5K. Really dangerous. He tapped out. He said he tapped out. There was a librarian that passed him and he was, like, not interested. She's 43. She's in great shape. Kevin, I just – I feel like the next time you gas out of something, I want to put it to everyone out there that you are more than welcome to make fun of Kevin for doing I that. am not a professional fucking athlete fighting for the fucking 205 fucking pound title. He was – rap. he wasn't just tired. He couldn't find his side of the cage. There are only two sides. He couldn't find his. That's how furiously tired he was. I just feel like maybe you haven't had enough wrestlers push you around to the point where they'll overwork you so much that they'll exhaust you. Well, fair. Maybe I haven't. I just assumed Anthony Rubble Johnson had or that he had prepared for that possibility when he was going up against the best wrestler in the UFC. Great, so you're agreeing with a point that I made 30 minutes ago. Fantastic, I was right. Let's go and reveal who we thought won. Kevin, do you have any remarks before uh, we get to saying who won? I'm sure I actually won. Uh, Whether or not the score reflects that, it's hard to say. Okay. All right, well, uh, gentlemen, what was the wager again real quick before we reveal who it is? Uh, Toasted Uncle Julio's. Unsolicited, by the way, which I really enjoyed. Just like the idea that one of us is going to start doing a set and just turn it into a toast to the other one. That's brilliant. Uh, Kevin, what is the nicest thing that you can say about Joe? Uh, well, first of all, people that are able to be funny on a spontaneous moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, few and far between. People that can also do that and talk about UFC and mixed martial arts cohesively. Very rare. So... Always a pleasure when we can find someone that can rap with you and I very quickly, which is not an easy thing to do because unlike Anthony Rumble Johnson, you and I would never enter a verbal altercation only prepared for 30 seconds. Sexually, that's my game, but verbally, never. So that's my compliment to Joe. So I guess in uh, what you're telling us right now is you've got some work to do before you are forced to give a toast in Joe's honor. Oh, this is bullshit. Is this about Pyle losing to Covington? That fucker with his goddamn mullet. Uh, it's actually more than that. Uh, Kevin, you had seven out of 11 picks. We had to uh, scratch the women's strawweight category after uh, Nina that. basically uh, died. Yeah. So That was a little-known story. Had to take her to the hospital. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. She had Le Flu. So, uh, yes, you have uh, six out of 11. Joe had seven out of 11, Kevin. So, good news, bad news. Good news. um, Over 500. Does put you over 500, which is not bad for you. Uh, Joe, how do you feel in celebration winning? Uh, I feel uh, pleased with the inevitability of this win. Uh, I would like to thank you guys for giving me another opportunity to show that I am better than somebody or something. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, well, if, if we are being fair in saying uh, who's better at who, uh, as mentioned previously, if you guys were to look at the picks on FirstSlice.com, the real winner of this whole altercation was me. Uh, I ended up getting eight out of 11, right? And uh, so I guess the pecking order is there. Sure. You, know. you made those picks four days closer to fight day. I'm not saying that has anything to do with it. I'm just saying you had more information than four Joe did. Four days but... closer. I had more information, Kevin. You can't what? even lose with dignity. You have to That's go the fact speaking. of the matter. You made your picks on like Friday, which felt like two seconds before the fight. The rest of us, you know, <laughs> made our picks on Sunday. A little earlier. Wow. We're, Kevin, this is so Were the picks before is... or after the weigh-ins? Uh, the picks were before the weigh-in, so no. And believe me, there were a couple ones that I was looking at like, where I go, uh-oh. Well, <laughs> well uh, and I'll be completely... the problem. Didn't really hear your rap when you said who won. Not really, really important. Let's keep moving on. Okay, that's fair. Thank you. you had to tell me how to run my own show. But, uh, Joe, <laughs> the nice part about this is, is that uh, when I was putting it together, I, I will be very honest with you guys, I actually ended up picking Anthony Rumble Johnson to win. Uh, you asshole. You've been giving us so much shit. <laughs> yeah, dude, because you guys fucking deserve it. You guys have fucking been discussing it in a way where even last week I was trying to elude that maybe you guys should consider it. And you guys were so trash talking it. Now, was I more interested to our defense, in seeing if it's We thought Anthony Johnson was a professional. We now know he is not. We didn't know this mm. two weeks ago. Mm, okay. Well, anyway. Uh, so, uh, congratulations, Joe. Uh, you join the list of many who have beaten Kevin. Uh, do you have any words of advice to Kevin going forward? Because there's another event coming up very quickly. Uh, advice to Kevin uh, about picking fights or just life in general? Because I don't know how picking much time fights, we have. asshole. No, picking no, 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 fights no. is the clearly <laughs> something is wrong with him personally, so that. Maybe that's not uh, allowing him to pick well. So, you know, choose your own adventure. Uh, Kevin, buddy, uh, we're all here to help you. We're, we all believe in you, and we all just want what's best for you. Uh, sounds like I'm about to do an intervention for you. Don't worry, uh, that's but I'm not, because I don't care that much. <laughs> uh, when in doubt, always pick the guy with the manlier name. I broke that rule when I picked Covington versus Mike Pyle. Uh, but usually that ends up being a pretty good uh, indicator. <laughs> well, good. And Joe, where can people find you on the interwebs? At sure, go ahead and uh, follow me on Twitter at badtweetist. B-A-D-T-W-E-E-T-I-S-T. And I have to say, Joe, it, it was a pleasure to see you joining us and uh, throwing some jokes our way. I hope you'll be joining us as we do uh, live commentary during fights more often. You're a good time, man. No doubt. 
Absolutely. He won't be able to hold himself back. We can already tell. Joe's a gamer. (laughs) Joe's in on the UFC. He's addicted. You can't. When you're addicted, it's just like a hard line. It's okay. Joe's going to be next week uh, for the next pay-per-view, just sitting down in his own apartment holding his own version of Over Under Kevin where he plays both parts. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Ladies and gentlemen, you know we have particular allegiance, especially at Verbal Tap. We love Systems Training Center. We were just talking about them. We were just talking about the beating I endured, and the last time I was there, I might have vomited after a lot of consecutive no-gi rounds. We have someone who's, first of all, going to be on the Tim Bosch versus Dan Henderson UFC Fight Night 68 lineup. We have Christos Yagos, who will be fighting Chris Wade, and we're stoked because we know Christos is going to stomp his ass. Christos, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. Um, thanks for having me on. And, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, I have a bike coming up, and I'm looking forward to that. You, Raph, told me this, and frankly, it makes me upset because I don't understand how I get to that level. You were just invited to Vegas by Crazy Horse which is, uh, you know, an adult establishment in many ways, to just watch the fight. That's how in demand you are. They were like, we need you here to watch the fight to bring credibility. How do I get there? What's the secret? Um, it's all about who you know. You know what I mean? I have a, I have a great manager, um, great management, and, uh, you know, he hit me up and was like, do you want to go watch the fights in Vegas? They'll pay you. Just go watch. And I was like, of course. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go to I'm going to go to a strip club and uh, watch a fight and get paid. And so, you know, I got my room comp. I got, um, you know, uh, good seats. They, you know, the people that came with me, they had a bottle service. I didn't drink. You know, obviously I have a fight coming up. But, you know, they were satisfied. And uh, we had a good time. You know, we just went. I got my workout in and uh, watched the fight. Great fights, by the way. And um, it was a good time. So I was really stoked. I got that opportunity. Let's take a moment here, Christos, to talk about bottle service because when they're offering that to you, that's a shrewd move on their part as a negotiator because they're like, oh, you have a fight in a couple weeks? No problem. Free bottle service. Compliments <laughs> of Crazy um, Horse. It's kind of an ingenious thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, they, they, they knew I had a fight. Well, actually, I actually took this event before I got the fight. So I thought I was about to fight after I already told him yes. So when we got there, I just, you know, I had some friends with me. My manager my manager brought some people, and, um, you know, they drank it up, and uh, we watched the fight, and it was a good time. So when you say you're at an adult establishment, and, you know, things are going on there, and you're enjoying yourselves, do, do the strippers just take a break when in between fights? Uh, are they just as invested in the fights as you are? Well, the, the, the strippers, they have their own, uh, there was like another room they were in doing their dances. They weren't really watching the fights. Um, you know, they're there just trying to make their money, you know what I mean? But uh, we were there just in another room, and uh, we weren't really watching the strippers. I, I only got to see them when I went to the bathroom because I've been peeing a lot. I'm drinking a lot of water. So. <laughs> Don't stop with the details. 
Let me yeah, ask you this. Don't. Did you feel like someone outdanced Anthony Rumble? Do you feel like someone was oh. like, hey, their cardio was way better than his? Did you feel that at all? Or? <laughs> um, no, not, not really, but um, no, it, was, it, was, it was a good time. It was a good time. Christos, can you do me a favor? Kevin's been having a great amount of fun <laughs> at the expense of Anthony Rumble Johnson. Can you take a moment to talk about the high caliber wrestling of Daniel Cormier? And as a fighter, does that possibly wear you out, especially if you're a big guy at about 205? Oh, yeah. Wrestling is uh, probably, probably the, the uh, takes the most cardio out of you, um, even though sometimes it can be boring from the outside eye. But it is uh, the most exhausting, I would have to say. And especially Daniel Cormier, who, who the majority of his fights, he fought a heavyweight. So he's, he's strong. He's really, really strong. And me and my manager got into it, too, about, um, you know, oh, Bill Davids is a better wrestler, this and that. I'm like, no, but Cormier is just so strong and his pressure so good. And I knew if Cormier took him down, he was going to win. Mm. Okay. That's fascinating. Fine. It Christos, sounds like do you feel like I was arguing earlier? So hmm, that's strange. Christos, do you feel like you would have gassed out that quickly, or do you think that your cardio is so is such that on a professional level you could make it more than ten minutes? Um, who me myself? Yeah. Versus Daniel Gorman. Well, just in general, do you feel like if someone started wrestling you, you would get oh. gassed immediately, or would you be able to uh, withstand that type oh, of pressure? I, I think I would uh, would be able to withstand it because I work really hard, and I actually come from a wrestling background. Wait, so, wait, um, I'm confused. Hold on, let's go back a second. Why would you be prepared for that type of thing in the octagon? Because I'd be fighting a wrestler. Oh, fascinating. Oh, okay. Okay. That's all wow, I was just Kevin's, curious. It sounds know, so like funny. you might. Uh, Christos, it's so great that Kevin has all this experience uh, being able to tell you how a wrestler or a fighter should act when I'm... he basically threw up after appearing at Systems Training Center when you guys were taking it easy <laughs> on him, which is insane. <laughs> insane. I, I for sure yeah, did, Bob. And I would just like it noted that Christos feels like he would have prepared for a wrestling match. That's funny to me. I find that fascinating. That's fine, but that's, in uh, this scenario, Christos is also not 205, and also, uh, you know, taking hey, on his a, nickname a is the Spartan Raf. He'll fight anyone. He'll fight Daniel Cormier. That's how the Spartan well, works. You know what? Christos... Let's go ahead and make that fight. Then. Uh, Cormier, <laughs> yeah, like, with his yeah. first title defense, will be against Christos. Christos. Let's just go ahead and put it in the books. You're going to be taking on. Daniel Cormier for the 205 pound. No, Christos, uh, talk to us about your fight life. How are you staying ready for the Tim Bosch, Dan Hendo crowd when you fight Chris Wade? What are you doing to get ready for the fight? I'm preparing for a wrestler. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually fighting a wrestler. He's a New York high school state champ. And uh, so I've been actually doing a lot of wrestling lately. And um, just making sure my cardio is good for that. Because I know he's going to want to wrestle me. Um, he might try to <laughs> Um, yeah, he's no, that sounds very down. smart to me. Yeah, yeah. But um, he has a little bit of a kickboxing background, so of course I'm always working that, working my jits, working how to get back to my feet, working not to get taken down, and basically just working a lot of cardio. Um, I think for me personally, cardio is the number one important thing because that's the one thing you can't control in a fight, and uh, so that's why i got to make it happen. Yeah, and you've been on a little bit of a crazy tear. 
Um, you're genuinely, you're five and one over your last six fights. Um, on your way to doing some really cool things. How do you feel? And are you at the point where? So I'm always curious because obviously you're preparing for a wrestler because you're saying that's their strengths. Are you also at a point where you feel strong enough with your game that you're just kind of preparing for your strengths? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm always, I always, uh, I'm always working on my strengths. You know what I mean? Um, I'm, I would say I'm more of a boxing wrestler too. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if I take him down. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm always, I always stick with my strengths. I don't care if he's a wrestler, it's not going to stop me from wrestling him. And, um, I'm going to, I'm going to be in his face. You know, I like to put the pressure, um, and I'm going to finish the fight. Um, call a knockout because, um, I don't like going decisions. I haven't been to a decision since 2011. You know what I mean? My last seven wins are all finishes. Literally. Not, That's where your yeah, sure not, dog even has it. Like, you have not gone into a decision in a long time. Yeah. No, no, I don't do decisions. Even though if I lose a fight, it's going to be an exciting fight regardless. You know what I mean? I'm either getting finished or I'm doing the finishing. And most likely I'm a finishes guy, so... So talk to us about this, you know, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started. And uh, if you want to segue that to a little bit about your RFA experience, because you were killing it in RFA, man. So I know that led to your your UFC uh, kind of experience and and getting in there. So tell us a little bit about your background and all of that. Um, Like how I got started fighting? Yep. Um, Well, you know, I uh, I actually played uh, football most of my life and then I got to high school and I went to Redondo in my senior year. I decided to try to try to wrestle, so I joined the wrestling team. did did really well, actually. I took the MVP at my school. And um, me and my friends one day put on some MMA gloves because we we watched a UFC event and we just started like going at it. You know, picking people who to fight. I ended up knocking out my boy, and, and like as much as it felt, I felt bad. Like it felt kind of good. So. Oh, and it's, like, no. next week, I, the next week, I started training. I was like, I went to the gym. And I was like, I want to fight. You know what I mean? And they was like, Well, you have to train. So I started training. Um, okay, Christo. So let's I take did. let's put a pause in this moment real quick. Oh, all right. So, uh, Raph, why? I mean, he back. had a fight. It felt naturally. Just went going. Isn't that everybody's story? Not Absolutely. How... You know, I know a lot of people go that way. But you said your boy. So, <laughs> uh, your friend. Here, I'm, I'm assuming if you're calling him your boy, you guys are are good. Um, yeah, yeah. What happened to this guy? Is he a fighter? No, he was a wrestler on the wrestling team as well. So okay, so his unprofessional record is unfortunately a loss record right now. Uh, you said you felt bad for him. You knocked him out. Uh, how does that process go? Especially considering it, it seems like you're watching some fights and you're like, let's throw on some gloves and see what happened. And you knock out the guy. What happens after that? What's the first thing that goes through your head? Um, well, first thing, uh, I made sure he was all right. And then, you know, we drove in the same car the way back home, and it was pretty silent, you know. Uh, it took a couple of days to actually get, you know, back to, like, being, being really, really cool without that awkward moment. And now, like, now that I'm in the UFC, he always, like, tells me, I want a rematch, I want a rematch, you know, but now we're, like, really cool, you know, he likes the fact that I kept the goal of my career, and he doesn't feel so bad that he got knocked out, you know what I mean? That's fine, but can you tell him something like, dude, I'd give you a rematch Raph, if you, you know what he means. halfway in you the know. UFC, so, <laughs> if you get into the UFC, I'll give you a rematch, it's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he, he actually weighs, like, 100 pounds more than me, 
Whoa, you know, whoa. Probably had to find a way to do that. Christos, let me let me ask you this. You mean to tell me you're just picking on poor 100 pound overweight or over you, I guess, uh, guys just randomly? Uh, well, kind of, because the thing is, like, when we set up the fight night, um, nobody wanted to fight me and nobody wanted to fight him. So I was like, I'll fight him, you know what I mean? Because, like, <laughs> they were trying to set up close to the weight and nobody wanted to fight me, nobody wanted to fight him. So we just fought each other and, uh, yeah, it went that way. Well, you know, I'm glad to hear uh, things went well and that you have somebody who has a major role in, in your your start as a fighter. I just the part of me, I think I would uh, I assume I would be the person who get knocked out in that situation. So I can imagine <laughs> the silent ride and uh, the great text of like that guy didn't last as long as I did. I'm still awesome. <laughs> Never forget. The Rematch. silent ride is a cool title, by the way. We should call it that more often. That's going to be the name of the book that we write for you one of these days, Christo. So <laughs> you took the silent ride. You took the silent ride, uh, Christo. So you know you're you're working your way. You start uh, taking training a little more seriously then, and uh, you know what happens next after that. Yeah, you know I started training within one year. I had my first professional fight. Um, I went three and zero with win- win- winning a title at uh, our uh, respect in the cage. And then I fought on my fourth fight ever, only a year and a half of training. I fought Joe Camacho, who's been fighting for like 15 years at that point. And uh, I ended up winning. Um, so that really like, you know, set in like, okay, I, I like this. I can I can do this. And then I just, you know, kept it up. And then, uh, yeah, I just kept winning fights. Uh, I lost. I, I lost two on the way. But after that second loss, you know, that really like, I don't think I've ever been more mad in my whole entire life to this day um, from that loss. So, uh, so I, thought, I fought for the Tachi Palace title the first time, and I got guillotined by a guy I should have never got guillotined by. So after that, I just went on a rampage, you know, finished four straight opponents, got that RFA title shot, and won that one too. Wow, let this be a lesson. Uh, should you guillotine Christos... He will only come back stronger and more angry. So think about your choices. You can guillotine that. him occasionally. It is available, but it's not the smartest, like long-term thing to do. You're making things no. worse for other people down the line. I guess is a nice takeaway. <laughs> right, that. you are. <laughs> yeah. you his, know, next so... opo- his next two opponents got TKO'd, then a submission, then another TKO. So think about that before you. You know, Christos, the thing is, uh, our good friend, and I mean not good friend, terrible human being, Marcus Koval uh, refers to you as one of the best natural athletes that uh, he has ever seen. Um, Which is his way of saying you don't work very hard. Yeah, obviously. Uh, If that is the case, you know, what is it about that training camp? Because you're training over at Systems. I know you train a couple other places. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that regimen and and, uh, what it is that you think that you've always uh, shown a, a nice exhibition for in MMA? Um, wait, so Marlon, hold on. Sorry, I, I'm a little confused on the, on the question. It's okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a several-part question. So yeah, You're a we'll fighter, so bit. don't you ever want... feel bad about being confused <laughs> about a question. You get hit routinely. I uh, just wish I had that excuse. I get confused by Raph's questions all the time. It's like, well, I don't get, ever get hit in the head. So what's my... Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I'll just let you know about my training camp. And then what was the second part? 
training camp and uh, you know how has that influenced kind of the way you fight as well? Okay, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I train obviously at Systems Training Center. That's where uh, that's like my home gym. That's where all my you know good friends are. A lot of great fighters, and um, so happy to be with them. But I also jump around. You know, I, I I tend to go to the Black House when I can, mostly Wednesdays. Um, I'm down at Timo Yama's. Um, working with Jiva Santana and Paula Oyama. And then on Thursdays, I go down to the Gracie Academy and uh, get some Gracie Jiu-Jitsu on with uh, Hidong Gracie, Hannah Gracie, and my boy Mike. But, um, yeah, then uh, other than that, I'm at Systems Training Center with my pals. And uh, it's good. Training's good. It influences me because, um, you know, they, they push themselves really hard. And uh, I feel like a lot of them look up to me, and uh, it, it, it makes me want to be a better fighter, you know, if I'm setting an example, I want I want to be that example, and so I just you know it just it drives me you know pushes me to, to be a better fighter, a better person. Yeah. Okay. Well, and what's... we play Good. a game here uh, on the show, and it's called "Who's the Worst" at Systems Training Center, and you have actually been mentioned as being one of the worst. Yeah, you should think about that, Christos. If they're, they're uh, jealous of my abs. I mean. Sure, I'm jealous of your abs. If we're just being honest, so now that you're on the show, we have to ask you to make it only fair. Who is the worst at Systems Training Center, and why? Um, The worst, I would have to say, is Dmitry Garasimov. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just because he 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 thinks he's flashy with all his flashy kicks, and Mm -hmm. uh, but it's funny because like it looks cool, but when it hits you, like you don't even know it. That's how I would so, describe Dimitri in general. Like when I rolled, it was like it was like he hit me, but you know, I didn't. Someone had to tell me that's who I was rolling with. Otherwise, I wouldn't know. Yeah, you know, I, I, like you walk out of the fight, and then it's like I, I think you won because you know you feel like it was a flawless, flawless victory. But then you watch the film, like okay, I guess he did hit me. So wait, is that that's a like? Mortal Kombat backdoor reference. compliment because <laughs> it started off with yeah Demetrius yeah Dimitri, he's the worst right he's, he's that guy so bad he kicks you and it's really good what a guy should we also mention I'll see you guys at system <laughs> I was about to say should we also mention that the person who is in the car with you right now is our friend Demetrius I know you said. Gerasimov, but we only know a Demetrius. Uh, no, Raph, you said Goose Move. You know you Goose said Goose Move. Oh, that's right. You said Goose Move. That was. <laughs> that's how you describe it. Gotcha anybody get so mad about their name getting incorrectly spoken multiple times. Hey, hey, uh, if, you guys ever, if you guys ever want a massage, just have them spar uh, with you. I just like his laugh in the background. It's so... Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love the fact stuff. that they're they're taking uh, time from driving from Vegas uh, back to LA yeah. to talk with us. Uh, Dimitri, thank you for taking time to uh, drive so that we can talk with Christos. It's very nice of you. Anytime. All right. <laughs> now we're done with you. Shut up. Don't mention it anymore. Now All stay right. off our air, you dickhead. We're trying to have a That's conversation. Right. Uh, Christos, so you're excited about this New Orleans. What is it that you plan to do after you get your big fight? You're in NOLA. 
what's should the first thing you do to celebrate talking, when you get out there? Should, Raph, should we be warning him about Nola? Uh, like, no, nah, I think he's aware. You sure? Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Christos. No, yeah, um, I, I'm excited, actually, to go to New Orleans. I've been hearing a lot of good things. Um, everyone keeps talking up about it. I'm staying pretty much downtown over there. And, yeah, after after the big fight, I'm, I'm staying there for another three days after, so I'm excited about that. And I'm going to, you know, eat a lot of food and uh, drink a lot of alcohol. Drink a lot of alcohol. Do you miss the alcohol? Is that something that you miss? I mean, you had bottle service for everybody yesterday, but is there a moment where when everybody's celebrating and they're watching a fight that you do want it? Or is there something else that you want more than alcohol? A victory. All right. Well, I guess that's uh, how you know you're a fighter. Yeah, Yeah. no, um, I like to drink, but it's not like, it's not, it doesn't define who I am. You know, I, uh, I I can easily go without it. It's just uh, after a victory and my, my friends are coming to New Orleans, it's, it's always just more fun. I'm not going to lie. It, it, it's, I always have more fun when I drink, but I don't need to drink. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. I I don't, but I do roughly understand. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no. I, it's easy to go without it. It's better, you know, like waiting. Cause, like, I like to wait a long time. And after a fight, it just makes it that much better. But aren't you like a cheap date at that point too? After you've been after you've been drinking, aren't you just kind of like you take one drink and then you're just drunk because of how low percentage body fat you have going into a fight? Yeah, 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 always, always. They always take me like two drinks. I'm like, oh, this is not going to be a good night. I mean, I don't want to name names, but the last time I saw uh, Dimitri after a fight, uh. He had one beer and looked like he was on Dream Street. Like, he looked like he was all <laughs> tore up. And I was like, he just won, so congratulations to him. But damn. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it gets like that. That's why it's even better because I don't have to put a lot of uh, poison in my body. You know what I mean? Just take a couple yeah. of drinks and I'm just go. <laughs> they get you the uh, fizziest girl drink at possible. And you're like, this is the best. <laughs> you shut up. I'm just. This is fine. We're doing good. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny. And Christos, I'm definitely curious, especially um, given how well you're able to balance the training regimen. When you're trying to impose an MMA game plan and you're training such a compartmentalized aspect of the game, so you're either training jujitsu or Muay Thai or boxing. What is the part of your training where you feel like you're able to put all those moves together and really showcase what what it's going to be like when the cage door slams? Um, usually, well, we have our spar days on a Friday, and what we try to do is um, whatever, like, the person you're going to fight, we try to have, like, whoever I'm going to spar with, try to act like that, you know, his game plan, like, whatever, from whatever footage we have of the guy. So on Fridays, I'll have, like, you know, I'll try to grab some wrestlers and um, just try to, like, take me down and we'll just spar and I'm going to implement my game plan and my sparring just like how I will in my fight. So if I'm going to, like, fight a wrestler, I'm going to have guys trying to shoot in on me, try to wrestle me, and I'm just going to be working on the sprawl, get off me, and work my striking and just stuff like that. You know what I mean? Just training whatever you think the guy's going to do. That's 
yeah, and stick to game plan. But I'm not a big game plan person. I like to have an idea what he's going to do, but I just go out there and fight. Um, I'm pretty well-rounded, so I can I can pretty much fight wherever the fight goes. Okay, so you kind of take a you take a situational awareness, um, but specifically when it comes to incorporating all styles of the game, that's typically Friday when you're doing a full sort of sparring session. Yes. Okay, that's fascinating. Do you ever put the gi on? Just out of curiosity. Um, rarely. I try to. I just I don't like it to be honest. I hate no. pulling. But, um, if you're doing yeah. MMA, it makes almost no sense. That's why I'm always curious. That's the only reason I ask. It's like it's a very, it's a very regionalized thing, and it's just like I'm always curious because uh, some fighters seem like dependent upon it. But then you see the fighters like Damian Maya who won't ever grapple in the gi or without their gloves, meaning he always wants to do what he's going to be doing in the cage, which makes a ton of sense. Yeah, um, that's what I like to do. But there's a couple times I like to wear the gi because um, just being it looks cool. Like, well, no, just being claustrophobic. Like you get claustrophobic okay. in the gi and just getting used to like rolling in that heat and being smashed and um, you know. And I think it's a little better for your escape because if you can escape in the gi and no gi would be a lot easier. So oh, I mean, yeah. I guess there's a couple benefits you can use. But to be honest, I'm not a big person. And if I do wear a gi, I don't grab their gi. So, so wait, wait, um, you know, uh, Christos, you did mention that you, you train a little bit with uh, Henna, right? Yeah. Well, all right, uh, it was really, really interesting because we actually have Henna on the line. Uh, he, he just overheard <laughs> some of the statements you were saying about geese and he, he just felt compelled uh, to yeah. say a few things. Uh, do you mind talking Which with him always... for a second? What's up? Yeah. Uh, oh, hey, what's well, up? Uh, you know, get... It's very funny. I actually, uh, no, don't worry, I'm already here. I've, I've, I've been here for uh, a whole bunch of time. Uh, let me ask I... you this question real quick. Uh, Christos, uh, you said that you didn't like uh, ro- rolling in the key and you were very claustrophobic. But let me ask you this. Are you not claustrophobic or are you? <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's, um, I, um, I, I am sometimes. Oh, see, that's very good because yes and no and also <laughs> non-committal. To and to there. Yeah. It is very difficult. Yes, Kevin, um, here's the thing. Uh, uh, I find that uh, uh, propaganda that you're, you're spitting against uh, Damien to be uh, inflammatory. And also uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, I'm going to do a breakdown for 40 minutes on uh, the tips that we're making about wrestling. So uh, don't worry. We're gonna go could you it. also ignore me on the way? Could you just completely ignore me and do it? Oh, absolutely. In a way that, like, I'm not even listening to you perfect. right now. Anyway, I'm going to go awesome. ahead and go back. Awesome. Uh, thanks, guys, for the time. Uh, yeah, sorry, Christos. We don't ever know when they're going to call in. So we just kind of leave the door open. And that's just how that yeah, works. That's funny. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. It's pretty but, good. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, pretty yeah, good. I mean that's I, him calling, I'm so sorry. it better hold be on, good. Hold on. Give me a second right here. Uh, <laughs> really sorry, like, Ryan. Your really left like jab is pretty good. That impression is a little bit better than that. Let's let's say that. If I could call your left jab pretty good, I think you can call my, my impressions pretty good. Yeah, I said I pretty good. Okay. <laughs> I said pretty good. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, that's but, very uh, good. Good. Yeah, no, no, 
But um, yeah, no, the impression was good though. That, that was uh, for a second I was like, wait a second, is this for real or not? No. <laughs> Oh, well, it was very surreal. Let's let's make was, sure that everybody like, knows that. When that is it not real? And are calling and in. Christos, talk us through your next uh, few weeks. You're trying to make weight, which is kind of a tough thing, even with someone with your abs. There you go, dickhead. There you go. I threw them out for you. But uh, talk to us about the process. What's it like? How do you maintain weight? What's your training like as you lead into the fight? Um, I've been doing this a uh, long time now, so it's pretty easy for me actually i uh, have it down to a science um i just eat good and i've been eating like that a long time so it doesn't it's not really hard for me so like and even like in vegas i got to i eat i have my cheat meals i have my sweet potato fries sometimes i do my uh, i just you know had some, some some good food right before i got i hit the road so it's not too hard my weight always stays low um and yeah it's, basically i just yeah it's keep it clean keep it good and i don't mess up and i have good willpower i think so that's that's all it takes you know a lot of people so they, you... they struggle because a lot of people don't eat they, they, they like starve themselves really really bad and then they splurge because it went like four or five days from barely eating any calories to like eating a bunch of calories and then the body stores it and they just do it wrong there's a lot of people that don't know how to cut weight right and uh they should really work on that how do you do it? I'm like, oh, I just, like I said, I, I eat clean. I keep my calories good. I watch my carbs. Um, I, I, I still eat carbs every day, but I don't Do you use it. a meal service or do you just prepare it yourself? Um, the best spot in the world actually helps me a lot. I go to Mashawi Grill. Um, it's Mediterranean food, my favorite type of food. A lot of chicken, a lot of meat, um, hummus, uh, salads, veggies, um, and they have rice too. And I eat my rice, I eat my hummus. I eat my veggies and I eat my chicken and it's really all like natural food so um, as long as you know how to control your portions that's all it really that's all it really takes you know what I mean and then that's pretty you know it's, it, it, it's easy from there I have this place Mashawi they sponsor me and I pretty much eat there every single day um, I'm in camp that's sick man and you know speaking of of camp uh, one of your teammates uh, Vince he's fighting in I think a week now right yeah one week from today Jesus, tell us a little bit about that because, uh, hey, everybody loves Vince. There's not a person who I've met who has not enjoyed that human being. He's just a good person. Uh, he I, does I charity like work. Oh, you don't like Vince? Nah, nah. He, he's, uh, he's too nice. He's too nice. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You had your opportunity nah, to say who the worst was at Systems Trading Center, and you went with Dimitri. Yeah, well, you know, Vince is second. Vince is second on that list. Well, tell us, uh, since he's the worst, uh, um, what we Vince, can expect from him next week. Um, next week, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna see, a, I, I think, uh, a total domination. Uh, Vince is a beast, man. And uh, it's crazy because uh, I, usually, I usually try to train with people my own weight. So whenever I train with Vince, it's always like once every other week, once a week, like when we actually get the roll. And uh, he always surprises me. I feel like every time I roll with him, like that much better, that much better, that much better, and I'm like, God, this kid is catching up, man. Like, he's tough, man. He's a hard worker, great kid, and uh, like you said, like everyone loves him. You know what I mean? He, he's just, he's a guy that you cannot not like. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty. A lot, a lot of things going for him. 
It's a pretty impossible thing. We're wishing them all the best, and uh, that is, I believe, going down next week at the Nokia Club Nokia down in L.A., downtown yeah, yeah, L.A.? Yeah, yeah. Nokia Theater. Yeah, so. um, Dude, that was so sick. I love seeing that he was fighting for the title. So we, we wish him all the best. And uh, speaking of Vince, Vince, you and I believe Terion actually collaborated for us. And we wanted to say thank you uh, as part of our WWE BJJ week. The two of you guys, uh, you and Terion, put on quite a display of WWE BJJ moves. Uh, where does that all come yeah, yeah. from for you? Um, I actually, you know, the first thing I want to do in my life when I was like five years old, I wanted to be a WWF superstar. That was my first career choice. And I actually worked, like I used to have a trampoline and I just, I used to wrestle a lot. So I kind of had a feel for it and Carry On had the same dream when he was younger. So like, uh, we actually have a, I'm going to tag you guys in something on Facebook. Um, we have a whole like four minute video of us doing some wrestling. So uh, I've so seen it. It's, that. it's pretty good considering that our, our other good friend, Doug Miller, uh, who is also training to be a professional wrestler right now. Uh, the yeah, three yeah. of you put on quite the fucking show. And uh, I just, I loved, like, because, you know, the thing is, I, at the time, all of you guys were doing MMA. So, you know, you just kind of sit there and you think, oh, they'll probably do, like, a move or, you know, kind of, like, do a stunt here. You guys yeah. had a whole match, like a triple threat match that you ended up staging and choreographing. And, and you know what? we did that all in an hour. We had went with it and finished it in like an hour. And the easy. dumb part is is that you're all fighters, but if I'm not recalling incorrectly, you are jumping out of the ring at certain points. <laughs> yes, yeah, I uh I'm a stunt guy, you know, I can do like that. I do a back oh yeah, so I backflips, front flips. I uh I, like I said, I used to do backflips off my roof onto my brother onto the trampoline, you know what I mean? I was young as Yeah, yeah, I, and- I was I was that guy and uh, yeah, Doug is actually, he's going with it still, you know what I mean? He's, uh, he's doing really well, actually. Doug's doing great when he's not almost dying, uh, <laughs> in the corner of a turnbuckle, uh, because somebody doesn't know how to throw him properly. Uh, no, Doug's good people. We like him here. And, you know, for you guys, I just thought it was so impressive because you guys were doing these, uh, very nice jujitsu moves with a, uh, WWE tint, if you would. Uh, but the weird part about yours in particular is, you ended up doing a backflip for absolutely no reason at the end of yours, <laughs> just to like remind us you're capable of that. And I look at you and I said, "All right, that's when somebody's too athletic. We don't need all that." <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I was I was, I was one crazy kid. Let's just put it that way. Uh, it still looks like you're somewhat crazy. Um, however, we can't thank you enough for doing that. We will be doing that again next year. Can we count on? Another set of contributions uh, from our good friends at Systems next year. Of course, yeah. Just let us know when to do it, and I'll do it. I'll do it within a couple hours. So I like doing that stuff. You know, it's fun for me. I like, I like wrestling, so it's fun. I don't get to train Fantastic. It enough, you know, but... It'll it'll be a good time. We'll make sure to choreograph something. Maybe uh, maybe, maybe, one, maybe one if I if I, if I make up a little bigger name for myself in the, in the UFC, I can uh, appear on some WWE things. You know what I mean? Like. Ronda Rousey and some of other guys. Were you were you looking at Ronda and getting a little bit jealous? Like, mm, oh yeah. All right, that's the dream. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. Uh, I think that's awesome. You know what I mean? And like, look at Brock Lesnar. He transitioned to the UFC now. You got CM Punk coming on. Um, so, uh, are you rooting yeah, for CM Punk? Am I rooting? Uh, yeah, actually, I am rooting for CM Punk. 
Punk. And a lot of people hate on him, but like, hey, you know, he he wants to fight, let him fight. Um, they can't get mad at it. I think everyone's mad because it was his first fight in the UFC. I, I don't know, but I think it's smart. It's business in the end, you know what I mean? And uh, I'm excited. I'm actually really excited to see him fight. Fair enough, man. And uh, last Great. question on this series. If you had a finishing move, I don't know that you've shown it. What would it be? Um, finishing move. Uh, when I used to play the video games, it was always the spear. I, I called it the, the dreamer because my name was the nightmare. Uh, that was always like my, 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 my old name, the nightmare. And then uh, my, uh, <laughs> my, my finishing move was called the dreamer. And I was like, you know, like, uh, man, who was it? Edge. Edge. He had like the spear, yeah. you know, the tackle. That was always my thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's uh you know what i would have never guessed that for you i thought you had some sort of ridiculous high flying sort of thing yeah, yeah you, well, you do well, feel well, like well, a flashy well, person yeah yeah that's like one of them i have the um my, my backflip off the, the turnbuckle it's the gainer you know the the, the gainer what a gainer is yeah Rock Lesnar does it he does like the super star but yeah that's that's another one it's like yeah a gainer off the top <laughs> turnbuckle but i didn't have a name for it uh, if I had a name for it now, probably be uh, the Spartan. But I don't know. <laughs> the Spartan. Well, the thing is, we're boy. just going to have to make sure to keep you safe so that you can continue fighting. Because the last <laughs> yeah, thing yeah. we're going to want to tell somebody is, "Hey, Dana, uh, really sorry." Uh, <laughs> Good news, bad news. Good news, bad news. <laughs> sunset flip off of uh, a turnbuckle, and and that's did. the bad news. That but is look, the bad man. news. Yeah, I mean, good news is what a professional. Like even to that moment. Uh, as long as you're not filming, it looks good. Then we're all right. Well, Christos, we appreciate you swinging by the podcast this evening, and we will be sure to follow you at UFC Fight Night 68 when you fight Chris Wade. We're stoked. Uh, excuse me, when you beat Chris Wade, is that better? You got it right. Yeah, apologies. <laughs> and frankly, I don't want you on my bad side, especially if Rap takes me back by Systems Trading Center. If the first round was a vomit, I don't need to be getting hit in the head. Easy, easy first round. It should be hey, added. You guys, you guys got to make it back down, though, for real. Well, I'm closer hard. to you. Well, I'll drag Kevin when he gets back out here, but you guys will have plenty of time to come beat me up very, very soon. Ladies and gentlemen, Christos the Spartan Yagos. Soy español, pero es muy difícil porque no es el Natalino Linguis. Raf, do you know what that means? Uh, well, I would if it was actually said in Spanish instead of some sort of weird gibberish language that you're trying to say. Uh, Fair but, point, uh... but I think the message here is you have to be bilingual. And I'm saying that as a friend. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like you've taken May... As a bilingual promotion month, would you like to explain to the audience why I feel like you're being particularly bilingual this month? 
All right. So here's what happened. Um, whenever I'm ordering a pay-per-view, uh, they have the standard definition and they have the HD. I'm in no way in hell going to pay for an HD version of fights because, A, sure. we watch They don't shoot it in fights. standard definition. B, <laughs> they, they who don't the have that SD. fuck needs to see fucking Andre Orlovsky in HD? The answer is nobody. So uh, no thank yeah. you. Uh, so in doing that, I usually will do a search option that says, how would you like to purchase this? And I said, oh, man, I want standard definition. Well, there's two prices for standard definition. One of them is uh, cheaper than the other one. That's for damn One sure. of them is in American dollars, and the other is apparently in pesos. So I may have ordered the telecast in espanol and i didn't know this until not i was watching have. let's just not like we didn't might have ordered it in espanol mm-hmm. so it happened to be on my my uh tv i was uh live tweeting and then i turn around and that part when you're ready to hear uh mike goldberg <laughs> start speaking yes. you know yeah you just kind I of do. hear benvenidos and i go oh no bienvenidos <laughs> Uh, I ordered it in Spanish, and I guess it wouldn't be a problem if I hadn't spent about a good three minutes saying, "All right, make sure you don't order it in Spanish, Raf." By the and way, I'm pretty someone, sure I did not. Raf, immediately, someone by the well, obviously, who is not used to buying UFC fights goes, "Can't he just change it?" It's like, no, that's not an option. Well, are you no, fucking I joking? Tried stopping the recording. And going to the other channel, but um, my cable company has this weird problem where you, after they've said, are you sure you want to buy this? I go, yeah, it's the UFC. And uh, yeah, they wouldn't let me switch it. So I tried. I definitely did try that. Um, But then I realized I was stuck in it. So a few things I learned uh, about ordering in Espanol, Kev. Go on. (laughs) Tell us all the things you learned. Absolutely. Number all one, uh, the music's all different. It's all it mariachi really? music. It's honestly like that was part. Of, I genuinely thought you were just joking when you were tweeting out the uh, Raph called me seconds after. And to your credit, this is genuinely this is about character because this is a pretty me thing to do. Like this is a this is a Kevin moment. Just if we're brandishing things, so the fact that you called and were like Kevin, here's what I did. Was amazing. <laughs> I guess it was just the best. <laughs> I am nothing if not honest on this show. So I definitely, I realized what it was. I realized what a terrible mistake I had made. I also realized that I wouldn't be able to hear the gold gems that are from uh, Goldie and uh, Joe. So I realized and- Kevin's in charge of that. Because what if today they had said something so egregious that I just missed it? Yeah. And you're also particularly on Goldberg's case, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. He says some weird shit, but you in particular have always been like, what did he just say? Yeah. Like, I, so, I wasn't listening. It well, was Goldberg. And you're like, no, he said something weird. <laughs> he does. He usually does. Just if we're being honest. So but go the music's on. different. Yeah, the music's different. Um, for whatever reason, and I didn't understand this. Bruno I- Springsteen. What, are you, what is that about? I don't know. They, don't, they add S's to things. Bruno. They don't just yell out 
Bruce Springsteen in Spanish for no reason. Bruno Springsteenzies. <laughs> oh, okay. So what they do uh, afterwards, I, and I didn't know this, but uh, apparently after every submission uh, or knockout, they will just yell out, Goal! <laughs> so goal! And then they start over again, and it really makes the broadcast a little bit longer. I mean, good. Uh, the three broadcasters who are on this show are terrified because I don't know why, but they have the worst CGI backdrop you've ever seen. <laughs> they don't want to screw up. And occasionally, if you hear too much of the English when they do the interviews, because they do the interviews in English, so you have subtitles. But when Joe goes out there, they're saying things as fast as they can to go, what are you doing? What are you saying? What do you think you say? Like, how do you feel? You know. Yeah. Now, the hard part for me is I don't speak uh, great Spanish, but I understand it. So when people speak Spanish to me, I usually just respond in English. That's just the way my brain works because America. And it's a little bit of an adjustment when you have the UFC in Espanol because all you're thinking in the entire time is, wait, did they just talk shit about every non-brown fighter on Spanish this card? People? Yeah, I'm, I've, I forgot, but now I'm curious again. Yeah. So the other thing that's kind of interesting about it is they also do this, uh, you know, in between the fights because, let's face it, the Vitor fight was not exactly long against Chris Weidman. So what do you think they were promoting, yeah. Kevin? Uh, energy drinks? No. Okay. Uh, I know there was a lot of promotion for the McGregor fight. Yeah. Oh. We should talk about that on an extra podcast. Like, we should talk about that on a separate podcast. Like, sure. could you leave us the fuck alone about the McGregor-Aldo fight? Like, I, I've known they were fighting for what feels like three years now. Sorry. That's fine, but they feel like it's going to like, God, have to promote damn it. it, stop promoting that fucking fight. Like, I'm with you, but... Doesn't sound like it. No, anyway, so what they do, I guess in all this point, is they uh, were really, for whatever reason, super excited about Verdum versus Cain Velasquez. What Could a great fight. talking about it. Every other word out of that telecast was Cain Velasquez. See? <laughs> See? And, uh, I would imagine the Hispanic very... podcast, especially, is like we need to talk about Kane every second oh, of the day. That's exactly what they were doing. They, like I if think, there are two seconds so we don't deprived. mention Kane's name, fired. Yeah, they were just so deprived because they have wanted that fight for so long. And I think the last time in November they were supposed to have a card out in Mexico City. Uh, Kane had to pull out. So you know, I, I get it. But, uh, yeah, it was a very different viewing experience. I'll say that. <laughs> like, I get it. You're so much nicer than most people. Big takeaways, Raph, before we get into the shout-outs. Anything you would like to advise people on before they purchase the if Spanish you have simulcast? Somebody in your household who can double-check your work. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> because my wife showed back up. And she was just as surprised as I was to I would imagine. The <laughs> look on her norm. face was something. You don't normally buy the Spanish. No, we don't normally buy the Spanish telecast. So here she comes in with food after getting off of work and looking at me like, 
okay, so do you want to explain what this is? And I was like, hey, we're watching it in Espanol. I you like know, you that married you married into it. this part of me, so I wanted the first pay per view we order as husband and wife will now be in Espanol. Welcome. I. This is a big moment for me, as like your to your credibility, like as a as a gentleman. Uh, you were very quickly like, I mean, I fucked up. You admitted it to everyone. You didn't hide it. I feel like I would have hidden it. I would have been like. I don't know what's going on, honey. Like, they have, they put the whole thing in Spanish this time. What a joke, right? Like, I feel like that might be where I would have gone. So I'm impressed by your candor. Well, the other thing is, um, I just, I learned a lot about myself. And, uh, yeah, so go me. Uh, I will say one of my favorite responses was I had put down, uh, you know, we were we were tweeting last night. So I said, one thing you learn about watching the UFC in Espanol, the announcers get even more excited than when Joe Rogan does when <laughs> fighters go fast. And uh, Juan Contreras sent us this note that said, ha, 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 you really did get the Spanish telecast, did you? <laughs> it's like, I yeah, was that wasn't a joke. That uh, wasn't to, a thing I said. Juan Contreras, see. Uh-huh. Si. So, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, yeah. Rep. Let's do not shout some outs. But... Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. I would have. Can I just that. say it's my favorite thing you've done in a very long time? Like, you don't ever make mistakes. It was so nice for you to call and be like, "Kevin, I did something you're going to be very sympathetic for." It's like, oh, what's that? Pretty positive that Kevin, if he sees a call from me, because we do a lot of our stuff by text. But if I was it's terrified, like bite, honestly. Bite, like I had a moment where I was like. Literally, when you called, like, this is what you're getting to, but if you're asking what my gut reaction was, it was like, Chris Weidman's out. Somebody was I, – I assumed it was, like, a big thing. I was like, well, this is going to ruin my night. Like, what? I figured you were going to be like, Vitor Belfort killed someone. Like, oh, wait, that's still interesting. You were like, no, 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 it was a squirrel. He's not going to fight. He, but I also <laughs> started to say, Kev, I might have fucked up. And <laughs> Kev – was like I think he was thinking like did you delete all of the podcasts? Did yeah, you I don't consider website? what you did a fuck up in any way. A minor mistake, sure, <laughs> not like doesn't even remotely reach my fuck up radar. Eh, all right, well, shout outs as brought to you by <laughs> the UFC and <in> Espanol. <laughs> Donde vida? There's only this... <laughs> one UFC. I mean, Juan <laughs> UFC. This starts it outside the DMV area out there in uh, Chantilly, Virginia, where I'm doing some training. I'm finally back, Raph. I'm not sick anymore. I'm a little sick, but not a lot okay. sick. Yeah, sure. I can play. I can do jujitsu. I can do things. I'm headed to Hawaii in a few days. Can't wait to train some jujitsu out there. I mostly just have jujitsu and surfing schedule. Just a big <laughs> FYI. We got there for two weeks. Like, don't have shit to do except work jujitsu and surfing. Cannot wait. So excited. Taking my kawaii kimono. Of course. How else are you going to train in Hawaii? Just out of curiosity. It's probably hot. Taking the no-gi gear. 
specifically talking about a little uh, of our unbelievable malware rash guards. Love those guys. Cannot wait to get out to Hawaii and do that stuff. Got a great training in Saturday. We're training Nogi tomorrow. Can't wait for that, by the way. It's Nogi season out there with the BJJ Finder crew. And that's going to do it for me, Rafa Sparza. So much fun talking to Joe. Cannot wait to train with him and toast him at a comedy event. Fuck that. Fuck it. I'm fine. I'm doing fine. But, you know, aren't you just kind of used to losing at this point? Fuck off very much, first of all. No, I'm not used to it. But, yes, I am used to it. There you go. Okay. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, I want to go ahead and start off by thanking our good friend Bubba McDaniel, who uh, did a wonderful recap with me, uh, previewing the fights for UFC 187 at my yob over covering the sports beat at firstslice.com. It it was a very fun post. You know, it was actually cool just shooting the shit with Bubba, and I really appreciate it. It was a fun post. Like you're not yeah. even, you're not even giving it the full weight. If you're not following Raf on the first slice sports, I mean, you're covering all the way from you're obviously covering MMA in a, a particularly obsessive manner, and I love that about you. But you're also covering the NBA, you're covering football, you're covering pop culture. Like, go to first slice, check out Raf Esparza. You're going to be glad you did. He's doing everything he's always done. Just now, he's getting paid for it, and it's you should be watching it. You should be reading it. Thank you very much, Kevin. Uh, it is a lot of fun. The, uh, 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 you know what I'm going to talk about. Good. <laughs> the Wet Hot American Summer Post. Like, thank God, all is right in the world. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, I, I really enjoyed uh, putting that together with Bubba. And uh, Bubba and I actually tied, if you can believe cool. this, on our picking. I can believe it because you're both terrible. So it doesn't surprise me at all. But didn't we pick better than you? Well, that's neither here nor there, Raph. Actually, like, that's not what I measure is like uh, whether or not you're better. Right? Uh, <laughs> oh, look at me, Mr. Big Shot. I predicted more than Kevin. I mean, we predicted more than Joe. As well. I got six fights right. You got eight. Like, we're talking about the difference of fucking DC Cormier and whether or not Rumble could, like, breathe for 20 minutes on a given night. Wait, was that? for your point or against it i'm not really sure it's unclear i thought it was for it when we started it just like mm-hmm. didn't come out that way if you're curious no no it didn't land but uh no it was fun and uh talking with bubba was great he uh he ended up winning on tiebreakers i i must give him that so uh i will be cutting a 30 second yeah you know what we tied it's gonna be a 15 second it's gonna be a 15 second <laughs> of how he ended up that should be the rule. What's that? That should be the rule. Uh, kind of, but I, see, the thing is, I'm a great moderator uh, for over under Kevin. I feel I'm impartial. I feel I go on the side of justice. And in this case, you know, we tied, and it was a tiebreaker. So yeah, all right. Plus, it'll fit on an Instagram. So Bubba, congratulations. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and I look forward to doing another one. Uh, I think You're the people over at first place. Completely ruins your agency. Um, what do you mean, my agency? You don't, you don't think like people aren't going to listen to you now that they find out you and Bubba tied. If I was worried about that, we would have dropped over under Kevin segment one. 
<laughs> so it's a very different rap. I think I found that people will stick around even if you miss a couple here and there. So uh, and, and and thank you to all of you verbal tap listeners for sticking around. That's a nice promo for you guys. <laughs> Let's go ahead and drop a nice promo for our good friend Adam Hunter. So as you uh, may Who? know, Adam Hunter, MMA Roasted. From, no, from MMA Barbecue? I'm curious, wait. It's roasted. What was it? it no. Roasted? You don't want to play wits against the guy who MMA Cupcake Pan. Here he is on his way. Ladies and gentlemen, look out. Adam, just remember this is Kevin doing all of his nonsense. So, Mm. not me. Direct your... But guys, if you want to see more of what Adam does, go to MMABroilingPan.com. You can find all of his stuff, but you're not going to be disappointed. So. So anyway, Adam's working on this really cool new movie. It's kind of a cross between the Bad News Bears meets uh, the Mighty Ducks. And it is a wrestling movie. So about – not you know professional wrestling, about the real wrestling. Uh, he's uh, actually been a really cool coach who's helped out with kids and he's putting these together. He's got an Indiegogo campaign. I would highly recommend that you guys give him some money because here's the thing. Adam does so much writing. Within the MMA community, he does so much good work, and uh, I, I really would like to see him get funded on this project. So uh, it's a movie called Kingpin. It's a dysfunctional coach. I wonder who plays that. Probably Adam, for some strange reason. Uh, leading a you team of misfits. He should, yes, definitely. Uh, you guys definitely, if you can't, you know, contribute, help spread the word for our good friend. Uh, we always are highly entertained uh, by everything he does. So please, you guys, please, please, please go help and endorse that project. So uh, there's that. Also, shout out to my good friends over at Valley Martial Arts Center. Uh, good training over this week. Um, man, uh, you know, it's, really is there any other kind of EMAC? Uh, it's only no. good training. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is I'm usually involved. So like, I feel that I ruin so the training for others. So yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but uh, a funny thing happened. Our, our instructor, uh, Marcelo, Marcelo, uh, gives us tons of repetition and drills. So he has to start this uh, series of drills. And I'm midway through it. And he's like, uh, Hoffa, uh, 10 arm bars from, uh, from Mount. And I go, okay, no problem. And I start doing it. I'm like into it cracks me up when people three. call you Hoffa, by the way. Oh, I yeah. always struggle with it. It's like, cracks me up. Sorry. So uh, I'm like in the middle of arm bar number three from Mount. And uh, he comes over and he goes, Hoffa. I go, yeah. And he goes, who do you think's going to win? Vitor or Weidman? And I go, it's going to be Weidman. And he just goes, oh, Hoffa. <laughs> and he just laughs. And he goes, all right, now get back to work. And I go, okay, yes, sir. <laughs> back to. Can I just tell you, Andrew was also super on board the Vitor Belfort train. Well, you know. I... Yeah. I do. I get it. I get it. I like their spirit. I like their countryman angle. I appreciate it about that. It's not just the countryman angle. It's also Marcelo. He actually trained with Vitor back in the day. So, (laughs) you know, I I, I get it. You know, he was telling me, he's like, you know, I just like him. I don't know that he's got the tools to beat him, but. ah." And uh, he always enjoys hearing uh, 
my two cents for whatever reason. So I appreciate that. And that was very nice. I just I, I wasn't expecting it in the middle of a drill, though. That was the first time he had done that where I'm just in the middle of trying to get in a few reps. <laughs> and it's just Huffa. And I go, yes, sir. Am I doing it wrong? Like, what is it? It's just like, hey, no, 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 what? it's fine. Yeah, no, tell me. Yeah. So no, lots like of fun that. there. Uh, also want to give a big shout out to our good friends over at Breakdown Academy, John Evans, all of the good training that goes on down there. Uh, good stuff, man. It's It's been a great week of training. And uh, I also want to thank the good people over at uh, First Slice for letting me do that cool article with Bubba this week. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And I look forward to doing some more MMA and UFC coverage for you guys coming up real soon. Props out to First Slice in general because the content is great. So awesome. I appreciate that they're not – yeah. Great stuff. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. We got Terminator coming out. I'm not going to tell you when. You better look it up yourself. We've got tons of fights including Carlos Condit this weekend. Wait, did you mean the natural born killer? Yes, I did. Carlos Condit's back. And he's fighting someone that, frankly, should be fighting. So good news for Carlos Condit fans. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Kevin Phillips. Thanks for listening. Good night and a good fight. Raph, give us your best Hispanic sign-up. Adios.